سبيل مريح تنهد يا صاحي كي Alhamdulillah, the day after we came to him. Good catch, man. So, um, what do you call it? Um, yeah, it's that uh, all praise to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who, who gave me life again after I had passed. Mm. And to him is the return. Because sleep is considered as the small death. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, it makes sense, right? I mean, you can, call it, you can kind of... A, apply that concept to dreams too in a way where like when you're sleeping and you dream about something right mm-hmm. pretty much you're in your brain you are living a certain life and you're experiencing things that aren't real mm-hmm. but at the end of the day even when you die i think science tells you that this the the chemicals that are released in your brain are the same chemicals that are released when you're dreaming don't i'm not a scientist i don't quote me but i'm very very sure that it's something along those lines mm-hmm. and Again, like you just said, you, I, I, I'd like to emphasize permission. Mm-hmm. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala permitted you to wake up. Mm. That's it. Again, it's a mindset. It's a literal mindset. You have to look at things like that. You have to see it like that. Like, like if, if I tell you right now that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only allows people that he wants to pray salah, to pray salah, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you could be like, nah, I prayed salah right now. Mm-hmm. I did it. But at the end of the day, you're, if, you, if you look at it like, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted me to praise Allah. Allah mm. subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted me to make dua. Then it kind of, it boosts your iman. It, it, mm. it, you, you start feeling grateful. You stop taking things for granted. Mm. That all the things that we're able to do, all the things, the, the life that we're able to live, we're only allowed to live because of His permission. Of because course. He's permitted us. And even if I do wake up every single day for Fajr, it's not because I woke up out of my own you know, will. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He has given me the permission to wake up. But then He does that job, He wakes me up. But then he gives me the choice, do I want to pray or do I want to go back to sleep? Now see that choice, right? Like you said, he gives you the, the choice. Free will. The free the the entire concept of free will, subhanAllah, it's it fascinates me. Because mm-hmm. I'm just like, first of all, I didn't ask to be born. Mm-hmm. I just popped up one day and I'm here. I'm sitting here today mm-hmm. and I'm talking to you guys about Islam. Now, nobody gave me an option whether or not I wanted to be born. Nobody gave me an option on what family I was going to be born into. Nobody gave me an option on what religion I was going to be born into. Right. Mm. But Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, I am sitting here today discussing my love for my passion and for my religion of Islam. Mm. And we are simply here at Malaika Refresh as well to explain to people that this is our passion. that This is our religion. Mm. We are trying to explain that Malaika Refresh simply would like people to implement a mindset, to implement right. a a, a perspective on life to where they realize that everything they do in life is not for anybody else but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. The only way you are able to do the things you're going to do is by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Exactly. And like I said before, it's a mindset, mm-hmm. right? It is a mindset. Yeah, and I, and I, and I, and I think <clears throat> how that applies, I think nowadays, especially in our generation and kids our age, is it's, there's so much comparison going online, right? There's so many things that are happening online where we open up Instagram, we open up Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, whatever it is, and we see so many people living so many different lives. One person's mm-hmm. flying first class to Dubai, one person's flying, fly, flying to Japan, one person's going to Singapore, buying Mercedes, Ferraris, Lamborghinis, all these things. At the end of the day, it's majority of it is fabricated. Majority right. of it is it's a narrative being created for people to look at and think, wow, this guy is living a life that I would enjoy, right? Mm-hmm. And what that does is that puts, that, that, that puts you as an outcast in a way 
where people start looking at you and they start seeing that, you know, this guy is doing something I wish I could have done. Mm -hmm. And what that leads to is envy. What that mm -hmm. leads to is jealousy. Because at the end of the day, if I was living for you mm -hmm. and I wanted you to be impressed with the clothes I was wearing and yep. the car I was driving and the things I was doing, mm -hmm. I could never be happy. But at the end of the day, you could go make a million dollars and buy a Ferrari 10 times more expensive. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, you matched me. You did, you did it better. Best. Point being, if we, again, implement that mindset, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed me, permitted mm -hmm. me to do the things I'm doing, mm -hmm. then what that does is that gives us gratification. It gives us peace. It gives yeah. us internalized peace. Mm -hmm. That subhanAllah, I'm able to do these things mm -hmm. by the grace of Allah and I'm not doing it for, for Hamza. I'm not doing it for Fuqan. I'm doing it for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's really well said. You know, we should be trying to not please our friends and people on social media. It's important that we only get that validation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, the way we can do that is by implementing qualities in our life. He should think to himself, how can I better myself? Mm -hmm. How can I develop myself? And that's the beauty of our deen. You know, a lot of times people, they think nowadays that they start to label uh, themselves. I'm a bad person, I'm a liar, I'm this, I'm that, whatever it may be, right? But the reality is, a human, he's fluid. He can always change. Mm. And that's why we have to look at ourselves. And if we want to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we want to get more love from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. First of all, I want to talk about that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He already has a baseline love for all of us. He loves us 70 times more than our mothers. Right? Mm -hmm. But then there's levels to that too. I don't know if there's anybody that loves me more than my mom, I'm going to be honest with you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He does that. No, imagine that. Imagine that. Your mother would not even want you to get close to a fire because it will burn you. Do you think Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who loves you 70 times more than your mother would want to throw you into the hellfire? He wants you to take and make the choices to not end up there. But at the end of the day, it's our free will. Mm -hmm. We get to choose what we want to do. And that's the, the whole thing that's a test, right? So the qualities, our topic for today is the qualities Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves and the qualities Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dislikes mm -hmm. and how to implement that in our life. So whenever we go through these qualities, we should see which ones do I have, which ones do I need to work on. And even if you don't have any of the qualities he loves, we have to implement them. We have to work on them and bring them <coughs> into our life. Mm -hmm. Like they say, you know, to start something, uh, the first seven days it feels hard. After 21 days, it's a habit. In 21 days, in less than a month, you can make something you didn't used to do into a habit. So imagine if you worked on a quality, you worked on something for three months, six months, that's going to become part of your characteristic, my dear mm. brothers. That's going to become part of your characteristic. So the first quality I want to talk about first, and which I feel is the most important, is mm. Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He loves those who often repent. Repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One thing I want to say is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the way He created us, is He knew that we were going to sin. Right? And Imam Tawqir Shah, he also mentioned that last time, I believe so, that uh, the angels, they asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before He created Adam alayhi salam. And He said that, the angels said to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, why would you create a being that you know will go into your disobedience. 
who will go against your laws and regulations while you have all of us. You told some angels to stay in Ruku' and they're staying in Ruku' till the Day of Judgment. You told some angels to stay in Sajda, they're not going to make a, even a peep that we want to do this or that. They're going to keep doing that. Why would you make um, a creation that's going to go against you? Some of them will listen, some of them won't. Why go through all of this? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says that I've given them free will and they will make the choices on what they want to do. But see, that 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 makes sense though because at the end of the day, Allah, Allah knows best too. But I think what's beautiful about what you just said is that he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us the opportunity mm. to have free will. And I think what's more beautiful is that I, from again, Allah knows better than I do. I'm simply just giving you guys my perspective, my insight. But it's more beautiful that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created mankind to which they can find him mm. and fall in love with him mm. by their own choice, by their own free will. And then on the day of judgment, he will be more happy and be more prideful to invite them over to Jannah. Mm. Point being that, subhanAllah, that's beautiful to me that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us the opportunity to free will, mm -hmm. gave us the opportunity to free choice, and allowed his creation to fall in love with his religion, which mm -hmm. emphasizes the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never judge you based off of your sin. Mm -hmm. He will judge you based off of how did you repent? How many times did you come back to me and ask me for forgiveness, mm -hmm. ask me for guidance? I think that's beautiful about our religion too, right? Uh, one, one concept I think that's understood in, in, in Christianity is Jesus died for your sins, hmm. right? That pretty much, if you, from, again, I'm not a Christian, so I'm just giving you guys my insight, but if you're a Christian and you commit a sin or you, you do something that's against the Holy Bible, like they, they consider the Bible, then don't worry because Jesus died for your sins, right? Mm -hmm. So pretty much he is God who died just like a mortal and died for your sins and also, he is also in you through the Holy Spirit because Jesus died for our sins, but it's also in every one of us. And him asking for, him him passing away in honor of your name gives you the ability to commit your sin, ask for forgiveness by not committing the sin again. But even if you do it again, he died for your sins. So you're good. You know what I mean? So you're there's go, you're there's no sense of accountability. Exactly. Mm. There's no there's mm. no checks and balances, right? Mm. In Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the ability to make our own decisions, mm -hmm. right? He created Christians, he created Jews, he created all these people, right? But one thing I think I've understood recently is that he, he Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates mankind, but also even if they're not born Muslim, again, it's a general concept in Islam that, that everybody's born a Muslim, mm -hmm. but if they're not born into Muslim families, you are also judged by what you were taught in this world, right? Mm -hmm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, obviously if you were never introduced to the idea of Islam, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala isn't going to sit there and say, oh, you're going to hell, mm -hmm. right? Because at the end of the day, it's unfair. Allah yeah. subhanahu wa ta'ala is just, justice. He's, I, I, forgot the, I forgot the word, but um, uh, he, he is the, he's the most just of them all. So at the end of the day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will judge you based off of your knowledge, judge you based off of your repentance, judge you based off of whether or not you came back to him. And that mm -hmm. checks and balances our opportunity and our ability to have free will mm -hmm. and make our mistakes and come back to him and try to be better human being is what makes our religion so beautiful. Mm. On that, and, yeah. uh, I think it's also a beautiful thing that you mentioned the verse in Allah Yuhibbata Wabin about repentance. And this verse, it kind of reassures us that you don't need to be perfect for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to love you. Mm. You know, He's okay with your flaws. He's, he's 
telling us he's acknowledging that we have flaws. What he wants us to do is try, you know, tawbah. And there's also a hadith of Rasulullah where he mentions that whenever an individual he sins and then he comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and repents and, you know, asks for forgiveness, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell his angels, you know, look at my, look at my servant, you know, he wants to uh, be forgiven. He knows that he has such a forgiving Lord. Mm. So then he tells his angels, therefore I will forgive him and he forgives this person. So he's on a clean slate now and then he goes and commits another sin. I got a, I, I got a question to ask you. Yeah. How many times uh, is the word uh, I think punishment mentioned in the Quran? You know, punishment. It's uh, I don't know the exact number, but I know it's I know it's much less, much less than the uh, one hundred seventeen. Yeah. Right? Guess how many times the word forgive is mentioned in the Quran? Two hundred thirty-four. Now, do you know how what one hundred seventeen times two is? Two hundred and thirty-four. Thirty-four. Mm. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Subhanallah. Subhanallah. In the entire Quran, the word punishment is mentioned one hundred and seventeen times, and the word forgive is mentioned double the amount of times. And Allah oh. Subhanahu wa Taala, the whole Quran, He mentions how forgiving He is. Mm. He forgives. He forgives. He forgives. Come back to Him. Repent for your sins. He will forgive you. Exactly, right. Yeah. Even in the, even if you go in and you look at the numbers, you'll see that He mentions forgive two hundred and thirty-four times. Mm. And punishment is mentioned 117 times. Subhanallah. And subhanallah, it's so crazy like how by one forgiveness, each and every single one of your sins can become forgiven. Years of sins. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says in the Quran, and this is the, one of the most famous ayahs for forgiveness. قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ جَمِيعًا Mm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says for Rasulullah to say that uh, my servant, those who have transgressed against themselves, meaning they have done sins, do not despair of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive your sins, all of them. Jamia, all of them. Innahu huwal ghafur rahim. Indeed, he is the most forgiving and the most merciful. And let me tell you the way to seek forgiveness, tawbah. And there's two types of sins. One is the major sins and one is the minor sins. We know this. Major sins, adultery, drinking alcohol, gambling, this and that. Those require actual forgiveness. Then there's other small sins, minor sins. They get forgiven and washed off. Uh, very easily. For example, we're making wudu. We're making wudu, the water that drops off, it falls off with our minor sins. Mm. Our sins are falling. Whenever we go in rukur, our sins fall off of our shoulders, the minor ones. But the major ones, they require forgiveness. So let me tell you the easy way. First, you get ready, you make wudu, you make ghusl, you pray two rak'ah salatu tawbah. And this is for major sins? Major, major sins. Major sins, but it encompasses all of the sins okay. as well, the minor as well. So you pray two rak'ah salatu tawbah. You pray salatu tawbah, after that, you make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Oh Allah, I have been gambling for 25 years of my life. Okay. I've been drinking alcohol for 25 years of my life. I know this is wrong. Mm-hmm. And now I want to change. I know it's going to be hard. I know I might relapse. But I'm making it a firm intention that I'm going to leave this lifestyle. I'm leaving this behind me. I'm changing myself up. Whenever you finish making that dua, our uh, imma, the scholars, they say, 
have a firm belief in your heart that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forgiven you. Because mm. you know what shaitan is going to do then? He's going to come to you and say, Ammar, man, you sinned all those years, but you only made a 20-minute dua. That's it? It should have been 35. Then I would have believed it. And then shaitan is going to start putting, uh, like they're called waswasa, mm. whisperings in your ear. So you're going to think, man, He's probably right. If I was really, you know, sorry about it, I should have done that. But no, right when you make that dua, uh, just believe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forgiven you. The beautiful thing is even that whole process of guilt, mm. that's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Getting you to ask for forgiveness, that's all from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wait, so hold on, sorry, I, I, I cut you off. But yes. What you said was really interesting. So the process of guilt... Yes. The process of feeling a certain emotion that I am doing something wrong and I need to ask for forgiveness for it. That is instilled in you by Allah subhanahu, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also, uh, one, one scholar, he said that that is a sign of faith. That you do a sin and you feel something in your heart. Mm-hmm. You feel you did something wrong. You know, I think... I, I, I apologize. I, what you're saying is fascinating me because I, I, I think... One thing I'll tell you about myself is that as I was growing up, as I started to fall more and more in love with my religion, before when I had committed a sin, when I had done something wrong, I wouldn't feel that guilt, right? Mm. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't feel like I'm doing the wrong thing. Because at the end of the day, your environment does that to you as well. When you're around other people that are doing the same thing as you and they're okay with it, it makes you a bit okay with it too. But I think when I started to switch up my environment, when I started to switch up my, the people I was around, especially when I started spending more time around you guys, I think... What happened was was that <laughs> I think I, I I think what happened was was that I started to understand that there's seven billion eight billion people in this world, mm-hmm. right? The five people that I hang out with and used to commit sins with are not the only people in this world, yep. right? And I, as a Muslim, I as a as a, as a human being that is even like we said in the beginning, allowed to wake up in the morning and continue doing as I'm doing have to go and experience life from different perspectives, from different angles, with different people. Because when I switch up the people I hang out with, and I, and I spend time around people I want to be like, people I respect, people that I want to spend, that I would want my kids to be like, mm-hmm. right? Once I start spending time with them, and I start spending time with people like you guys, I think what it does is, is that it shows you that there is good in this world. Mm-hmm. There, is, there, is, uh, uh, there are people in this world who have taqwa, there are people in this world who are seeking Allah's forgiveness. And then as I started to spend more time with better people, started to spend more time with people who I respect, people who I'd want my children to respect, I started to realize that these are the people I want to be like. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, all the materialistic gain, all the all the fabricated gain that we see through whether it's drugs or money or going to the clubs or, 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 or shopping and, and spending boatloads of money and doing all these fabricated things in a way, mm-hmm. all that does is that's Keep giving you temporary happiness, mm. right? And so when you commit a sin and when you do the wrong thing, that guilt be- starts to become temporary as well, mm. right? That guilt, maybe you'll start feeling bad the first time, maybe you feel a little bit less the second right. time, then it just starts to become natural. Then, it, then it's then, then it's just like you know natural tendency. Right? When you start doing the right thing, it's the same process, right? When you start doing the right thing, it's a, it's a, it's a similar process to where when you realize that I am doing the right thing and it's the complete opposite of what I used to do. Hmm. And it'll feel different at first. Yeah, it does, like, you it know, does. And, 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 and when people start to see that in you as well, when they start to see you trying to do the right thing, they won't give you that credit. 
They won't. At the end of the day, they're so used to seeing you in a certain mm. light. They'll be like, yeah, we got this guy figured out. You know what I mean? He's going to do this for the rest of his life. Then when you start doing things the opposite way, like I'll give you my own example. When I used to live a certain version of my life where I wasn't necessarily doing the best of things, people thought they had me figured out. Mm-hmm. People thought they had me completely understood to a point where, where, where they were like, there's nothing more to him. There's nothing more to mm-hmm. him. At the end of the day, this is who he is. Mm-hmm. And then when I, when I started to, to, to fear God's punishment, when I started to surround myself with people who I respect, people like you guys, Shamir, Fahad, Sad, all these guys, when, when, I, when I started to surround myself with people who I want to be like, I realized that this is the life I want to live. This is the person I want to be. And then mm. when I switched it up, when I completely 180 switched it up, the same people who saw me in that certain light are sitting there scratching their heads like, yo, they're, 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 they're going around telling people like, hey, look, as soon as you find out that he's doing something messed up, as soon as you find out that he's doing something that doesn't go along the lines of what he's saying now and the way he is, you let me know so I can go around and expose him. Trying to catch right? him. Exactly. Yeah. So at the end of the day, ops are teaming up. And it's like watching that happen, subhanAllah, it, 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 makes, me, it, it makes me more a firm believer in my religion. Mm. And, and, I, and I think of the Rasul and and the trials and tribulations he had to go through in his life in order to preach his message of Islam and all the struggle he had to go through, right? And, and, and I, like you said in the beginning, role models, mm. right? He is my role model. He is the person I want to be like at the mm. end of the day. He cool. should be everybody's role model. Mm-hmm. Because if you can go anywhere near who he is, then just know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves you. If yes. you're allowed to pray yes. salah, if you're allowed to make dua, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows you to become closer to your religion, mm-hmm. Allah loves you. And when you get that sort of confidence, when you start feeling good about yourself, that look, bro, you can sit here and tell me anything you want. When I hear these things that, oh, let me know when Amar messes up because then I'm going to go and tell other people. When I hear that, it makes me me laugh. It makes me smile because at the end of the day, I'm sitting here in love with my religion. I'm sitting here in love with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm doing this for nobody else but Him. And when I hear Mm -hmm. things like that, when 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 I see things like that, I think to myself, I'm like, you know, inshallah, I make dua for them. Yeah. I say, inshallah, 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 Allah puts the same love that I have for my religion in their heart. And 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 they look at me one day and they think, you know what, he did it, so that's why I did it. And that's exactly what the Prophet did as well. He used to make a dua for his enemies as well. Yes. And uh, regarding repentance and sins, I feel like uh, it's a really beautiful thing that when we sin in the night and in the morning, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he kind of covers for us. He, he doesn't let anyone know. But then when we look on social media, you know, majority of the youth, they're publicizing their sins. Mm. And this is a very big, big quality that is disliked by Allah. Yeah, disliked by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Actually, that's, that's one hadith that you kind of paraphrase. Rasulullah said, that people will do sins during the night and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will cover them. Then in the morning, they will come and proclaim their own sins. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala covered. And that's a big sin. So that's that really we should be mindful of what we post on social media as well. Because that's our outlet, right? To reach the world. For example, you know, one thing that uh, I don't really get is like, whenever people post, you know, at the end of the year, uh, I guess Apple Music, it shows mm-hmm. you that how many hours you listen to this, yep. uh, this artist and this artist and this artist. People <laughs> post on their story. I'm like, come on, man. Like, you know, it's... it's you it's spent 6,000 hours listening to Drake? Yeah, and, man. And, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he does the job of hiding your sin. He wants he you does. to fix yourself. He doesn't he does. want you to touch the fire. Think, but think, our, think about that for a second. Sorry, I know yeah, I cut you off. But think about that for a second. Imagine how many of your sins 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not exposed. I think at the end of the day, it's, it's, it, it, it kind of it scares me. But at the end of the day, it makes me again fall in love with my religion a little bit more. Yes. Because it's like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has protected me and is constantly protecting me from so much that I may not even be aware of. Mm-hmm. You know, I think one thing that we mentioned on our previous episode was the car accident thing, right? We right. Were, we're, we're happy you didn't get totaled. Yeah, but at the end of the day, at the at, at the end of the day, it is, it's, it's more... Still got that. A lot. Damn, that's crazy. And his man. Tesla's gone, man. But hopefully he's going to be back in a few weeks, inshallah. Nah, their, their entire servicing like department is trash. It's the worst yeah, place yeah, ever. Yeah, it's 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 the, they charged me, I think, what was it? I think 13 or 14 for, I think it was uh, like... Like I, I gave my car in for my first service and I thought it was going to be covered by warranty mm. and, and when it, when the car came back it, they sent a bill with it and it was crazy money and they went in and they maybe changed like the, the seat lining the stitches were off till they cut something with the scissors and they charged me like $500 for oh, it oh man it's like bro what? that's how they make their money <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah, but of course, of course nah but what, what, what I was saying was was that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hides so many of our sins Protects us from so much, mm-hmm. and we can't even sit there and thank him for it. Mm-hmm. We can't even sit there and and, and 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 ask for his forgiveness for the things that he has exposed, not necessarily exposed, but shown us that we're committing wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? We can't sit there and not even try to ask for forgiveness for it. I think one general concept in our our culture is is when Ramadan comes, everyone wants to be Muslim again. Mm-hmm. Right? Everyone ev- everyone wants to wants to try to be a better Muslim yeah, again. Hundred percent. Go for it, right? Hundred percent. Right. Like you know, that that's amazing. The fact that you're even allowed to become a better Muslim during Ramadan, mm-hmm. by all means, go for it. But at the end of the day, what scares me is is that people wait until after uh, uh, after Maghrib to do as they were doing before Ramadan. Mm-hmm. And and you know, I'm a victim of that as well. I'm sure you guys have done certain things in the past before as well that go along those lines. But at the end of the day. Like like we said in the beginning, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't judge us based off of what we've done. He judges us on what we try to do to make up for it. Mm-hmm. What we try to do to be better for it. And I think that's what makes our religion so beautiful. And also, uh, you brought up the Ramadan thing. So, you know, I was thinking about this, that a lot of people, they only open up the Quran in month of Ramadan. The day Eid hits, they close it, and it's, it's closed for the whole year. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He loves the quality of consistency. So there's also a hadith of Rasulullah where He mentions that... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He loves when we do less good deeds, but we keep them consistent. Because that's how we really build a connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? It's better to pray two raka'ah nafil every single night instead of praying just one night, 50 raka'ah nafil, and then just not praying anymore and stuff like that. And also I want to add that guys, we're now in the month of Sha'ban. Yes. So that mm-hmm. means yes, yes, Ramadan yes. is right around the corner, yes, right I around think the corner. What are we, like like 30 days? 30, 30 days, days away. Uh, 30 and days actually I was reading um, uh, this one hadith to the, the congregants at my masjid. And uh, they said that, uh, the, the hadith said that Rasulullah said that the month of Sha'ban is the neglected month. Mm. Between Rajab, Rajab is the month before Sha'ban. Yeah. And um, so it's Shaban is a neglected month between Rajab and Ramadan, mm-hmm. meaning uh, people they are just waiting for the month of Ramadan, right? But we're actually supposed to start preparing for it in the month of Shaban and mm-hmm. in the month of Rajab as well. So that means increasing reciting Quran, getting away from sins, leaving the sins, mm-hmm. uh, praying more, and just getting in the full focus. Uh, of the month of Ramadan But back to what you were saying uh, And you know people They will be so holy During the month of Ramadan mm. But then on Chandrat 
Mela. <laughs> you know, they were, no, really, they want to go and, you know, like, I, I understand, like, buying clothes and stuff like that, of course, but then dancing, you know, mm-hmm. doing all these things, it's kind of like, you know, you were in kind of a jail <laughs> jail cell, right? And somebody just let you out and you just want to... I think one thing that's beautiful about this month of Ramadan, personally, is that, if I'm going to be honest, this is the first Ramadan that I'm going to officially become, like, I, I'm going to practice in and... and Follow the. Uh, I'm, I'm going to fast during Ramadan, but I, this is the first Ramadan that I'm going to be praying all five times a day. Mm. Alhamdulillah. Right, and 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 the 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 increase of iman that's happened to me over these last six, seven, eight months, and and the way I have fallen in love with my religion and the opportunities Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has opened for not only me but our organization, right? And 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 what it has done is is that it's helping me fall more and more in love with my religion. So this month of Ramadan, when inshallah these episodes are going to come out, but what we inshallah hope Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows us to do is we are simply going to witness and watch the platforming of our love, our religion. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we're going to watch people look at us and listen to us and hear what we have to say and think that, you know, because these guys right here have fallen in love with their religion, let me listen to what Brother Fulkan has to say. Mm. Let me listen to what Brother Hamza has to say. And and this month also, you know, it's the best month to build habits and yes. you know implement qualities into your character. And it's the month of blessings. Yes. SubhanAllah. Amar, let me ask you this. When you started praying five times a day, did you start to see things aligning in your life automatically? Oh yeah. Hundred percent. Can I give you an example? Yeah, we'll yeah, talk about yeah, yeah, for sure, okay. for sure. So there's a... Uh, Oh man, I'm so glad you asked me that. Okay, so I was uh, in Pakistan just this last uh, December. I was with my family. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, a two, three months into me praying five times a day, praying a bit more consistently. Mm-hmm. And um, I was praying uh, Zohar. I was, I was praying Fajr. No, I was praying Zohar and Asr, right? Because we're traveling, we pray Turukat, Zohar, mm-hmm. Turukat, Asr. So in between Zohar and Asr, I made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I said, you know, because that previous March that year, I was invited, alhamdulillah, to Mecca. I, was, I, I went to the Kaaba. So while I was wait, while I after I paid Zohar and I between I, before I paid Asr, I made dua to Allah. I was like, "Dear Kobe, let me. You've called me to Karachi. Okay, you've invited me over to Karachi again. That mindset, right? Mm-hmm. So you've invited me over to Karachi. I'm here with my family. I'm having the time of my life. But Karachi is a little bit closer in distance yeah. to the Kaaba than mm-hmm. Houston is. Yeah. Like before, when you called me, I was about 16, 17 hours away from Dubai, and then Dubai four-hour flight to the Jeddah, and then all that. I was like, I'm closer in distance. Ticket prices may not be as expensive. Mm-hmm. If there's any way, and you would like to allow me to come visit your your place of worship again, I would love to come. Mm-hmm. I would be more more than honored and feel obliged to join you again. And uh, yeah, I prayed us. My parents were at the mall, so I went uh, with the driver. We went to the mall, walked in, and uh, I was gonna sit in front of my dad and talk to him. Hopefully, we could work something out. Maybe get yeah. a ticket booked or whatever. I sit in front of my dad and, you know, we're talking about stuff about the office and certain things that he needs to discuss. And he's like, oh, by the way, uh, I booked a ticket for you to go to Umrah. MashaAllah. And, and I, this was before I even asked him, mm. which fascinates me because I'm sitting there. And, and of course, when I sat there, I broke down right then and there. I was like, Baba, you don't understand. I made dua for this just an hour ago. Mm. One hour ago, I made dua for this. So point being, I saw the power of dua in front of my eyes. This is just an example of how Allah's plans are flawless. 100%. Mm. We planned that out, we couldn't have, could have done that at all. And also that when something's made for you, it flows. It just course, flows without any resistance. And even, and that's why there was one uh, saying, I think it's by uh, Molana Rumi, I may be wrong. But he said that 
He said that uh, if there was something between a valley, uh, between two mountains, mm-hmm. if there was something in a valley between two mountains, mm-hmm. and if it's meant for you, it will reach you. And even if there's something between your lips, but if it's not meant for you, it won't reach you. So whatever is meant for you, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to make a way for it to mm. reach you. So that comes on to another quality Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves. Tawakkul. That whoever just relies on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you know, that's, that's one a reason we pray istikhara, right? Yeah. So the way istikhara goes is that you pray to raka'ah and then you read a specific dua. And say you got two uh, choices. Maybe you want to go to, for example, easy example. Uh, you want to go to UT for your MBA or you want to go to Texas A&M for your MBA. You got admitted into both places. Both places, they seem good. Mm-hmm. But your heart set on UT Austin. So you pray to Rukai Istikhara. Uh, you make that dua. And then you choose uh, UT Austin and continue on with that, uh, with that choice. And with the trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in that dua, next time I can mention uh, the translation of it. But it basically, it ties in that, Oh Allah, by your uh, knowledge and by your mercy and your wisdom, I want to choose this. If it's best for me, grant it to me. So you choose UT Austin and you go forward with that uh, choice. Mm-hmm. If it's not meant for you, there's going to be roadblocks, obstacles are going to come up. And if it's meant for you, it's gonna flow very, very easily. Think about it this way: we, uh, we, when we originally started this, the idea for this foundation, it's called Angel Investors. Yes. Right? And 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 this was about two years ago, where it was me, um, Hamza, and and, and Shamir, another Shamir. Good one, Yeah, we all sat together and we wanted to help special needs kids. Mm. And uh, we had meetings. We we were we were really we really wanted to. We really really wanted to get it done. We were trying as hard as we could. Kept running around in circles. Mm. Kept going around. I mean, he knows best, right? We kept going around in a circle. We were talking to different people. We got shut down by a billion people. Mm. It, 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 it wasn't going anywhere. Right. But as soon as slowly, slowly, our iman started to increase. And we realized that the same volunteers we want to help these special needs kids, why don't we connect with these volunteers first? Right. Why don't we get in touch with these volunteers and connect with them in a way where they aren't coming because we told them to. They're mm-hmm. coming for the sake of Allah. Mm-hmm. That we want to help these special needs kids because our Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to be compassionate towards mm-hmm. other people. Our Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was a compassionate leader. Mm-hmm. Right? At the end of the day, his compassion is what's taught to all Muslims. Right? Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa was one of the most compassionate, caring people ever to walk the face of this earth. Mm-hmm. So if we can carry his mission and his 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 legacy of mercy and peace across the globe through just sitting here discussing. It literally all it does we sit here and we discuss why we love our religion so much with compassion, mm-hmm. kindness, and care. Now these ideas, this entire perspective that we're going along now was not in us when we started Angel Investors. Mm. As a matter of fact, the name was Angel Investors. None of us thought of the word Malaika as soon as Brother Fukhan walked in. Right? And as soon as, and the thing is, Brother Hamza brought him in, right? Yeah, he did. Hamza, Hamza said, this is Fukhan. I, I, I had known him personally for many years before, yeah, many but he was like, Fukhan is an imam, and, 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 and he would bring great insight to the table. 
and you guys were the same people that said, you know, we want to start this podcast. We had our ups and downs, whatever that, whatever, whatever that was. And then we, where, where did it lead us? Here. Mm-hmm. You know, and that shows day, it was all about clearing our intention. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he helps whenever our intention is there. Yes. And I feel like with angel investors, our intention was not there completely. You know, I think it wasn't necessarily about intention. I think we had the right intention. No, I, think I, I feel like we wanted to do good. But it was not, you know, for the genuine sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we needed work on that. And that ties into a verse, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ And uh, this talks about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loving those who are good doers, but there's a catch to it. You need to do good for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And once we, uh, you know, made our intentions clear and we were doing this for the genuine sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's when His help came in. And this podcast started running in within two months. When Angel Investors did not run in two yeah. years, and I think exactly right that, that uh, what, what, what he just said is that uh, even even my dad says that when your intentions are clear, Allah When you have when you have when your intentions are clear, you can apply that concept to anything, mm. anything, anything. When you have pure intentions and you are doing it for the name of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, I promise you, you got nothing to worry about. You know what I mean? At the end yeah. of the day, that the at the end of the day, that compassion that we're trying to share with these children. And that taqwa as well. It's taqwa as well, right? We fear what? We fear God's punishment. That's why mm. we're sitting here fearing Yom Al-Qiyamah. We're sitting here fearing that inshallah, 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 one day we will wake up and there'll be some loud horn outside. And then one day it will just be, we're all standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we're going to get judged for our sins, right? That's what's going to happen. Yep. So what did we do on this earth while we were here to try to make amends for the sins that we have committed? What did we do to try to be better people. Again, mm-hmm. not what did you do, period. It's what did you do to try to make this this world a better place. Why do doctors have so much respect? Because they help people, right? They save lives. So at the end of the day, if you can save somebody's lives, obviously they're going give to you, give, give you respect, right? Yeah. Now imagine if you're saving lives in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Think about it, man. It's a mindset. It's a literal mindset, man. And I think... Man, I, it 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 genuinely just does something to my heart. Mm-hmm. It does something to my soul. Thinking thinking about the life I've lived, mm-hmm. and the of course the sins I've committed, the person I've been. And I'm sure you guys feel the same way. Mm-hmm. I'm sure many people feel the same way. I'm sure our audience feels the same way. That you know that we have we have done things that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala hasn't even exposed to the world. Mm. No, there are certain things that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has not told our mom, that's not told our dad. Mm. Uh, they don't know, but we know. And at the end of the day, Allah knows too. Yes. So how in the world are we going to take advantage of that mercy? Mm. Right? And that also ties into uh, that last example I gave last time about the vertical and horizontal yeah. relationships. Oh man, yeah. right? Don't get me started, man. Just it, man. Yeah, the, the vertical relationships uh, a relationship is between you and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and that should be the place where you get your nourishment. And then you have horizontal relationships, your friends, family, spouse, all these kinds of things. A lot of the times what I've seen with friends is that when we place more love with our friends and dependency on our friends, and uh, more than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what sometimes He does is He takes them away from us. Mm. So that we have nobody to fall on except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's what he did with your example. 100%. Without a doubt. I think at the end of the day, what that did was, was that that simply showed me that there is nobody else in this entire world that is going to be there for you until your dying breath other than your family and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
right? Mm-hmm. And even your family to a certain extent. To a certain extent. Right? Yeah. Your certain family extent. to a certain extent. At the end of the day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is who created you and you will return to him. Mm-hmm. It pretty much, we're, we're living on borrowed time right now. Literally just borrowed time that we didn't ask for. Nobody asked for this. Yep. So at the end of the day, what did we do <coughs> to try to make live a better life? What did we do to try to make his world a better place? And that's what this is. You know, I think that's what these conversations are for. And that's yeah. why we implement these certain qualities like the waqqa. <coughs> we implement these certain qualities like, uh, what was the one, the first one? Uh, there's uh, um, forgiveness. Th- yeah, forgiveness, tawbah. Let's talk about purity. Oh yeah, purity as well. Purification. So I, the ayah I mentioned, it has two parts. Inna Allah yuhibbul tawabin wa yuhibbul mutatahirin. Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves those who often seek repentance. Mm. And He loves those who practice cleanliness and purity. When we look in the life of Rasulullah he was the most clean person. Not only that, he taught people how to be clean mm. in a time when there was ignorance. And sometimes, Hamza, I feel like <laughs> we need to talk about that nowadays as well. We do need to talk about Because... Ignorance. Are you saying we need to talk about ignorance? No, no, Not pure, only ignorance, but be, being a pure person. And, and I'm talking about this about bodily purification. And, and not only, you know, purity within the heart, you know, also physical purity. Physical purity as well. Because when you have physical purity, that's how you get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you, how does that work? Physical purity. I'm sorry. I'm just asking okay. questions because I don't understand. Let's what talk you're... about uh, istinja. That's something that's very neglected. So what? Uh, istinja. Istinja. Okay. But we'll talk about that. Let's hold that. Let me uh, explain yeah, yeah, this on. one I point. Yeah, yeah. L- let me explain this point. Right. For example, if we want to connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, pray to Him, our body must be clean, right? That's why we have to do wudu or yes. either ghusl. 100%. Right? Our clothes must be clean. So say that if some guy just peed on his clothes, you know what I mean? He can't pray in those clothes. Obviously not. Your place has to be clean Your wherever you pray. So, so all of these things, and not only that, you have, to, you have to look presentable uh, as well. Mention the hadith. Uh, Rasulullah is saying that iman. purity is half of faith. And then in another narration, so, iman. that purity is half of the faith. So that's what shows the importance of purity. Yeah, it's very important, man. It's very, very important. That's no, why... No, 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 I'm, I'm, saying, I'm, saying, I'm, saying, I'm saying in general. That yeah. really, especially I'm talking about, man, subhanAllah, I know uh, uh, women and girls, they're much more better about uh, pureness and cleanliness uh, 100%. A, a, compared to guys. But man, guys, oh my gosh. The smelly people. Sometimes, even, even in the masjid, man, yeah. sometimes people will use the bathroom. I'll go into the bathroom all over, just pee all over the toilet seat. Well, oh, yeah. hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's just slow down. Quick. Yeah, yeah. So, purity as in purification yes. for your own soul is both physical and internal. Yes, yes it, it is. is. It is. Now, physical purity simply relates to your overall demeanor and your like the, the smell, the odor, and mm-hmm. just like, your, your for presence, example, right? For example, uh, it's not only about cleanliness of one's heart, but also first your body, right? Rasulullah right. always told us to keep our nails clipped, to keep our... Uh, hair nice and groomed, and our mustache can't e- you know even go over your lips because when you eat, the food might get stuck onto your mustache. So many so, things, so many small things to keep yourself purified. And, and you know what? Uh, many Sahaba they mention about Rasulullah that he smelled so good that when you came by him, you would just want to stay by him because yeah. of his smell, and smell you would want to meet him again because of his smell. He smelled so good. He was very, very, very. If I'm not mistaken, person. it was musk, or is that the scent of Jannah? 
I'm sorry. I know. I know. Musk is a is a very. It's it's an, it's an Islam. That's why if you go to Makkah, yes, you'll yes. see they try to sell you Musk all the time. Yes. It's a certain, not necessarily Islamic scent, but it's referred to a lot within Islamic culture. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Yeah. And uh, Musk is also is mentioned in the in the Hadith as well that uh, whenever a person's fasting, right? And you know, whenever you're fasting because you don't have any food in your in your stomach, so naturally you emit like a, 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 a yeah a bad order, right? Yeah. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Rasulullah said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves that order more than musk. So that's also mentioned in the hadith. But anyways, let's go back to what we're talking about. So uh, bodily purification, that's the first step we need to take too, because that's a pre-requirement. You were talking requisite. about the, the restroom, after you use the restroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and that's a requisite for each and every single one of our worships, the way we connect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you want to touch the Quran, you have to be pure. And this is talking about bodily purification. Ablution. Bodily purification. Not only about the soul. So, another thing, istinja. Many men nowadays, boys nowadays... Don't even know about it. That's they the don't even know about it. I don't know about it. Mm. They don't it? know. But I'm sure you practice it, but you just heard the, oh, name, the name istinja. Yes, yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So, istinja, basically, the whole purpose of that is that whenever you use the bathroom, you clean yourself, and but you use water with it. Water. Water is that thing. Not just wiping... Not just wiping. Okay. wiping. Even yeah. when you're going number one, yeah. same thing. Even number one, even number two, right? You have to wipe and also use water. Water is what actually brings the cleanliness. Mm-hmm. It actually brings the cleanliness. Because no matter how good you wipe, especially after number two, there's still going to be... Yeah, of course, makes sense. You know, makes sense. you know what I'm sense. saying? Like you guys understand. 100%. Yeah. But you have to use the water. That's the cleanliness. And each and every single one of you young men... And <laughs> young guys out there Use water It's part of our faith mm-hmm. And that's something that If you don't use water Your prayers aren't going to be accepted If you don't use water You don't clean yourself properly mm-hmm. You're not going to uh, Get that connection With Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala There's one ha- There's one story That comes in the hadith Of Rasulullah He's passing by two people mm. Two graves actually And he said Two of these individuals Are getting punished In the grave for things they could have easily avoided. Mm. And one of those persons was that he didn't care about cleaning himself properly. He didn't pay attention when he was using the bathroom. When he would use the bathroom, he would let all of the, the urine drops the just go on his legs, go on his clothes and everything, and just uh, not even care about it. And you know, sometimes... You know what, uh, especially for a guy, right? You're mm-hmm. like, you know, I got to go somewhere. Let me just use the bathroom and go. And usually when you stand up, it's very common for droplets to touch your clothes. Yeah, yeah. Very, very common. 100%. Very, very common. So these are things that we have to look at as practical things that we need to apply starting, starting and, from And today. that's one part of purity. There's also purity within the heart. Yeah, purity within the heart. Also, what comes out of your mouth, the content that you say. Is it pure content? If a person's just cussing all the time, just quoting rappers all the time, doing all these things, man. It's 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 not really loved by Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. I think one question I have for you, yeah, is more. I think we've talked about physical impurity a bit too much. To be honest, I think I think now we should discuss internal impurity. Okay. Right? Okay. And 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 how one can simply become a better Muslim and a better overall human being by applying pure. Characteristics into their personality because I think one thing I, again, I'm not a scholar, so I don't know if this is a hadith or a sunnah or whatever it is. But from my understanding, or maybe it's just Desi culture, let's say this. 
But if you take two steps towards Allah, he'll take 10 steps towards you. Mm. That's just something that's said. Yeah. And I believe, I 100% believe. Now, I don't know if it's a hadith or it's a... No, it's there, a, there, is, there is a hadith. There okay, is. perfect. That makes it even better. But my, my, my point is, is that what is something that someone that's watching or, or one of us can sit here who may not necessarily be as the most best Muslim in the world and they want to become a better Muslim, what is something that they can implement into their life, this minor thing that makes them more of a pure human being to where they can do it in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah can take 10 steps towards them. Because I think one thing is, is that in our culture, people don't necessarily pay attention to their religion because they feel that it's just it seems a bit too superficial. Mm-hmm. You know, they seem like oh, spirituality and believing in something that I don't understand or I can't see and higher power, all this. I know there's a higher power. Like people understand that they mm-hmm. they know that there's a higher power. They know that there's someone up there that's controlling the thing. They know that they're gonna die and inshallah you either go to heaven or hell, right? But at the end of the day, they don't necessarily understand the importance of living for that, living for mm-hmm. heaven, living for jannah. So from my understanding, you being an imam and you being Hafiz of Quran, I want to hear y'all's insight mm-hmm. on what y'all think on is, is, is something, a small quality that makes your heart pure that someone can do in the name of Allah. That simply all they have mm-hmm. to do is say, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I'm doing this for you. And then apply that concept. So a small quality that you could implement into your life. Uh, for a better character is going to be, you know, being beneficial to others. Just that's what I was going to say. Know, just, <laughs> just saying, uh, you know, just just making someone feel good about themselves, yes. just to please Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. You know, just like how Fahd last time, just to you know please Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, he brought us water. He went down to the store and brought us water. That is a very good quality that purifies your heart. Because there's also you know a, a hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam where he says the most benefit, the, the most best of the people are those who are beneficial to others. So we we become the best among the, the ummah. The so kind words. Honestly, it could just be kind words. Kind words I are just helping out one another, even if it's, small, it's a, if it's a small thing, just helping someone for the genuine sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That also, and also making one someone feel happy. Mm. That's one thing, giving someone happiness, right? Because I could, for example, give you a, a bottle of water, but that might not necessarily uh, make you happy from the inside, right? But if I try and say that, you know, maybe you had a rough day, but hey, Amar, you've been doing your best and I've been seeing you mm-hmm. and just keep it up like that. So you're going to be like, man, he's still seeing something inside of me that makes you happy. For an example, uh, for an example, like the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when his wife used to drink his water from the same cup, you know, she used to leave an imprint of her lipstick. And then just, just so he can make her happy, he used, to, he used to find that imprint and then he used to drink from that same place just to make her happy. And that's a very great example of, you know, being beneficial to others for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I think, and, and I mean, it shows, it shows the quality of love at the end of the day, right? Yeah, it showed, sure. It, 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 it shows how much Rasulullah cared for mm. what was it, Aisha? Aisha radiallahu Aisha radiallahu anha. And, and, and it shows that, that the level of importance she held in his life is is something all of us dream of holding right mm-hmm. imagine being that important to rasul where he where if you drink out of the glass he'll look for your lips just to drink from the same place they were in love man they were they in were, love that's and, crazy and subhanallah you know rasul he was also a very romantic person mm-hmm. but w- that doesn't get talked about a lot but he was he was a really he romantic was, person he was. he was 
And, uh, and and that too, that's only for the sake of Allah subhanahu For the sake of Allah subhanahu wa That's what makes it. For the sake well, of didn't Allah. Uh, didn't uh, he, what's it called? Didn't he need to lie down on the, like he put his head down in the lap of one of his, I think it was Fatima. Yeah, he, he used to, he used to, he, uh, he used to do that in, in the lap of Aisha radiallahu ta'ala. And he would recite Quran and put his uh, lap down, uh, his head down on uh, mm-hmm. her lap. Also, one of the wives of Rasulullah they were traveling right, in a caravan and she had lost her piece of jewelry. So he stopped okay. the whole caravan and all the people going and said, let's find this real quick just to make his wife happy. You know, so subhanAllah, we need to have a separate episode for yeah, that. Yeah, we do, we do. That how to love like Rasulullah used to love. Mm-hmm. See, because... Um, what, what we were talking about right now is qualities that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves, right? And we find that through following the teachings of Rasulullah But we also want to know how Rasulullah he showed love, he gave love, right? And for example, uh, you know Abu Huraira radiallahu an, right? Mm-hmm. He's a very well-known um, sahaba. And uh, there's many stories about him, but I'll tell you one story maybe you haven't heard. So... He, he was well known for having many cats, right? And um, so, uh, Hirra is the word for cat. And um, so, Rasulullah he gave him this name, Abu Huraira radiallahu anh. And mm. from that day, um, he wanted people to call him Abu Huraira radiallahu anh only. Mm. And till this day, a lot of people, they still don't know what's his real name. They know him by the name, the title Rasulullah gave him. Abu Huraira is not his real name. It's a title that was given him. One other thing I'll, uh, I'll tell you about him, Abu Huraira is that he used to not have a really good memory. Mm-hmm. He used to really have, not really have a good memory. So he came to Rasulullah one time and he said, Oh Rasulullah, you mentioned so many different hadith to us, narrations to us. But I get confused. And sometimes I feel like I mix one word with another word and all these kind of things. It makes me discouraged. So Rasulullah he gave him one blanket, one shawl. He put it over him. And he made dua for him. And he gave him that to keep. And... Now when you look in the books of a hadith, mm-hmm. Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu, who used to be the person who couldn't even remember the hadith properly, he's the sahaba who narrated the most hadith from Rasulullah wow. Subhanallah, subhanallah. And that's how he was giving him his love. He mm-hmm. came to him, right, with the passion that, Oh Rasulullah, you mentioned so many hadith to me, but I just can't really remember them. I mix them up. And I feel discouraged. So he didn't say, oh, okay, then let the other sahaba do it and you just sit back, you know. But he accepted him, gave mm. him comfort, prayed for him, and he basically made him excel. That's what happened. SubhanAllah, so, man. I think, I think what, you just, what you just reiterated was the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes. And the power that Rasulullah held in other people's lives and the, and the power that Rasulullah holds in, in not only other people's lives that were around him, but the respect that he held. You know, people respected this man so much that to this day, to this day, the man who couldn't read or write was blessed with the gift of the Qur'an, was blessed with all the characteristics and a, a human being should live by, mm-hmm. 
and he passed away while having an entire ummah who loved him like nobody else. You know what I mean? Who loved him? Who yes. We are sitting here talking about how much of an ideal figure he was, and even in the in the in the shahada, we are all as Muslims. When you become a Muslim, you are told to recite the shahada, La ilaha illallah. Muhammad Rasulullah You know what I mean? Yes. Muhammad Rasulullah And they were, they were uh, from my understanding They weren't just uh, They weren't an X amount of prophets There were many many prophets yes, over, yes. over the upcoming Like previous generations mm-hmm. But out of the prophets That were mentioned in the Quran Rasul Sallallahu Was the person who was blessed with those stories, with the words, mm. the Arabic words of the Quran. Yeah, he was he was the Afdal of the of the Anbiya, Afdal Anbiya, the best of the the prophets. And subhanAllah to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you cannot love Allah without loving Rasulullah sallallahu yeah. He's the gateway to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I feel like our organization really is about love. Yeah. Really, really because like, every single time we talk about something, it's yeah. it's about love. Yeah, and I yeah. think because like this podcast alone and, and, and what we're trying to accomplish, it's truly genuinely just us telling people and explaining to people how much we love special needs children, number one, mm. and how from our understanding, they are simply angels on earth who cannot commit any wrong. Yep. Who you, you will never hear a special needs child, child going and robbing a bank. And, they're, and I mean? they're guaranteed paradise. And they're the guaranteed yes. paradise. Yes. Bruh, so look, they're they're malaika. Exactly, yeah. they're malaika. And at the end of the day, us sitting here telling you how we fell in love with our religion and telling you how much love we hold for our Rasul how much love we hold for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His creation, mm-hmm. all this is doing is simply reiterating that fact and allowing others to look at us mm-hmm. and think that, you know, because of these guys, I, I, I'm, I'm going to try and learn more about my religion. I'm going to try and mm-hmm. become a better Muslim. I'm going to fall in love with my Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa fall in love with the religion of Islam, and hopefully fall in love with the person I become in the future in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. Make sense? And I think... With 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 that being said, uh, I apologize if you guys were interested and you guys wanted to hear more. Mm-hmm. But um, we'll be back, episode three. And also, I think we should leave the viewers with a question. We should ask them, what characteristics will you develop in your life today? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, <laughs> yes. y'all, y'all should tell us that. I think. Yeah. yeah, what is the characteristic quality that you will develop in your life that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves? Maybe for me, for me, I'd say I need to work on having more tawakkul in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A lot of the times, uh, uh, I'm an engineer and I'm also a planner. You know mm. what I mean? So I always want a blueprint. What's the plan? What's good this and this and this? But sometimes, you mm. just need to leave it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How He plays it out, accept it, that's the best way. Allah for, for me, you know, it's going to be repentance because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He acknowledges that we are constant sinners, but He loves when we are constant repenters. So I need to work on that as well. Oh yeah, and, and oh, oh, I forgot to mention this one hadith. I'll finish that off with this because he mentioned that. <laughs> that, كُلُّ بَنِي آدَمَ خَطَّاءُونَ وَخَيْرُ خَطَّائِينَ التَّوَّابُونَ mm. That every son of Adam is a sinner. But the best of the sinners are those who constantly repent. Allah.